Welcome to the Table Podcast. We hope what you hear today inspires joy in your heart and causes you to be convinced that God is good and He is for you. Enjoy the message. Hey guys, happy Thursday. It's Siobhan. We are diving in today on part two of one-on-one. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to the previous message, I definitely encourage you to go back to part one and take a listen. Although I feel like you could probably listen to them separately and not in order. I think it just helps us get a more full picture of kind of what we've been discussing uh, as of late. So we are in Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 38 through 42. And we've been basically talking about what it looks like to have a one-on-one relational encounter with Jesus. I may not have said this last week, but these teachings are are going to be relationship focused. I, I think there's plenty of messages out there that tells us what to go out and do. I think we're very aware of what we can be active in as far as serving and all these other capacities. What I don't think that we have enough insight in is how to spend time with Jesus. What do we do when Jesus comes into our house, to the intimate space of our lives? That is where the challenge really begins for some of us. Now to fully recap uh, last week, because I feel like you could go back and take a listen. uh, We profiled Martha. Uh, Martha is like many of us. She did not know what to do with Jesus in her home. She was serving and flustered and running around trying to get all these things done. And when she asked Jesus to intervene because her sister you know, wasn't doing the same thing she was doing. Uh, she was surprised by Jesus's response. And I'd like to go back and, and read that full passage again for anybody who didn't get a chance to just know the context of the story beforehand. And also because I think it'll offer you a lot more insight as we continue to discuss different aspects between Mary and Martha's posture when Jesus enters to their private life. It's very interesting um, what we're going to encounter, I think, about Jesus's preference on what he actually desires from us. It may be contrary to what we have believed in the past, but also encouraging that he is more focused on relationship than we may have realized. So let's reread the passage, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. So in this passage, again, we talked about last week that Jesus is showing us the posture that he prefers relationally. And we know that Martha wasn't exhausted because of her lack of help from Mary. She was exhausted because she was tired from doing everything for Jesus in her own strength. And I think that's a huge thing for us to be able to 
recognize what really bothers us, what really strains us is when we try to do everything for Jesus instead of enjoying him and partnering with him. Uh, I found this really cool quote from um, an article by Elizabeth Fletcher. And she says this statement, Martha wasn't asking for help. She was demanding that Mary keep the traditional way of behaving. And wow, that's a really impactful statement. I haven't really heard anyone, you know, say that before. But I think that Mary was going against the grain of tradition. And Jesus came to give us life, not to force us into tradition. He get, he came to liberate us. And so the, this posture that Mary takes is one of a disciple, um, which is typically a man's role. And so even here, Jesus is making a clear distinction that women aren't exempt um, from being disciples and that he is not confined to or bound to tradition that he is bound to love and he wants to show us the more excellent way to live is from a relational dynamic where we are committed to learning from him. We're committed to learning of his heart. We're committed to fellowship with him. And that's what matters most uh, to, to Jesus. We know that sitting at Jesus's feet like Mary has done actually denotes humility, a reverence for Christ and a hunger for spiritual knowledge. Mary was eager to learn who Jesus was and wanted to know his will. She was teachable. She was soaking up his presence, being fully engaged. A very stark contrast uh, to Martha's activity. And Mary also believed what Jesus said was true. She was able to see the value of being with Jesus, the value of being in a restful place, listening to what he said um, was paramount. It, it was everything. Um, I like how it also lets us know that Jesus encourages us to think, to process, to to seek after him, to ask questions, to, as uh, David said, inquire in his temple. We have always thought that we didn't have a space to really just ask God the hard things and, and really learn from him. And he's made an invitation for us to do that. And I think that's so beautiful that he loves that our minds are turning, that we're processing, but that we also have this hunger for spiritual truth. We have this hunger to understand and to know this God. And you know, uh, Matthew says, uh, uh, Jesus is preaching and he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst uh, after righteousness. It, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, we know that we're going to encounter him. We're going to be filled when this is the posture of our hearts, um, similar to Mary. What I also like um, about this passage, I think that uh, allowed me to kind of take in a lot, was that in verse 42, Jesus says one thing is necessary and that Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And, and you know, this bond, this relationship that's forming, and we're going to see this kind of develop in other uh, text in the scripture that Mary is solidifying something in her heart, in her life. She is actually developing a bond with Jesus that will not be broken, that will not be off kilter, that will not be thrown off, even by crisis. And I think it's very important for us to see how Mary is building a firm foundation in her relationship with the Lord, because just in um, another passage, we find out that Mary has encountered a family crisis. 
in John chapter 11, Mary's brother Lazarus becomes sick and he eventually dies. And in this moment, we get a chance to see how Mary and Martha even respond to Jesus in the midst of grief. And although we highlighted uh, Martha last week, I want to kind of touch on the fact that Mary didn't say a lot. She did share her true feelings and her true frustrations and her true disappointment. I'm not going to read the passage just for time's sake, but I encourage you to go and take a look at that story. But what's beautiful about that exchange is that Jesus meets her with compassion. And we realize that this bond that they formed, this relational connection that they formed, Jesus has responded in a way that we haven't seen. And it says that he wept. He has grown so deeply um, with his family that he is moved to tears at their grief. He shares their grief. He shares their pain. And I believe that this is such a beautiful picture of the way that Jesus desires to be intertwined in every aspect of our lives, whether it's tragedy or triumph. He's with us. He feels what he what we feel. Uh, he empathizes with us in such a deep way. And I think it's beautiful that she's not only going from this posture of Jesus being teacher, but also shifting to Jesus being friend, Jesus being compassionate, Jesus being concerned about what's happening in her life in, in that pain and you know, the posture that she has taken has allowed Jesus to be fully vested in all the details of her life and also do miracles in that regard. As we know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead because of the compassion that he had for them. And they got to encounter a miracle in their family because of the relational connection that they had to Jesus. And I think that that's just really beautiful to see that this relationship is progressive. This relationship is intentional. This relationship is full of connection. And we get to see that play out. The next way that we actually see this relationship continue to develop is in John chapter 12. Again, I will not read the full passage just for time's sake, but I'll kind of give you a background of what happens. So um, a meal is hosted for Jesus in they say maybe Simon the leper's home. And we see again that Mary and Martha take completely different postures in their response to Jesus in this moment. It says in verse one, Martha served. So Martha is just doing her thing. Like this is what she knows. And you know what? I appreciate her consistency. And, and I think that she still has incredible insight into who Jesus is. As a matter of fact, when she had an encounter at the tomb of Lazarus with Jesus, she declared that Jesus was Christ, that Jesus was the Messiah. So by no means are we um, saying that serving keeps you from being able to get a revelation of Jesus. I just think that the good part that Jesus was talking about, that deep bond, that deep relational connection uh, goes beyond just an understanding of who Jesus is or what his role is. Like that bond comes when you seek to know his heart. So as I continue to contrast, I definitely am not putting Martha down for her response, but she's consistent. She's a servant. That's what she does in this moment. She serves. But Mary does something very different. She takes a very expensive uh, fragrant perfume that is worth a year's wage, breaks it open, meaning there's no turning back now. 
I cannot take any of this back, but I'm going to, as she did, pour out this oil on Jesus. I think that Mary not only could see the identity of Christ, but this act shows that she knew the worth of Christ. She knew just how much he meant to her, um, to the whole world. She recognized him as savior. And this posture allowed her to be able to have a deeper understanding of who Jesus is to the point where she realized that even the most costly thing that she had was worth pouring back on Jesus. This extravagant form of worship only comes from relational encounters with Jesus. You do not just have a mental ascent of Jesus and do what Mary did. You have to have had a moment, a transformative moment where your heart is forever changed, where you're convinced of who he is to do something as bold and as extravagant as she did. And, you know, just like Martha not understanding Mary's posture, a lot of people speculated and were angry about Mary's posture. They thought that what she did was frivolous. They thought this money could be used to give to the poor. They didn't realize that Jesus would not be with them very long on the earth and that this was one of the ways that she was going to commemorate him before his crucifixion, before his burial and and then resurrection. And she just had a deeper insight into the purpose of, of, of why Jesus came, who he was, and I believe that that comes from her relational posture and her encounters with him. She was given insight into aspects of who Jesus was that other people just could not see. And she also responded in ways that people could not understand because it was deeper than just his miracles. It was deeper than just raising Lazarus from the dead. She had found her love. She had found the one, the treasure, the one that she would give everything to. And I believe that that's so beautiful. This act of worship just lets us know how much love we find for Jesus in the moments of restful encounters. Jesus also does something that I feel like is very beautiful. Uh, in Mark chapter 14, uh, verse 9, he memorializes Mary. In other words, he gives her honor for the honor that she bestowed upon him. What level of, of deep humility does it take for the son of God to memorialize someone for their act of worship to say, everywhere that the gospel is preached, people will know about what Mary did. And I just think that is a beautiful exchange of what deep fellowship and what relationship with Jesus really looks like. He could have kept it all about him. He could have just said, you know what? Thank you so much, Mary. I actually do deserve this. But what he did was he said, you know what, Mary? I want to give back the honor that you gave to me. I want to make sure that as I am known, you will be known for what you've done. And that is just an incredible, loving, kind, humble, uh, Jesus and in all his form, he's just amazing and, and such a beautiful, beautiful just image of the type of God that we serve. So I think um, before we wrap up, I just kind of want to take time to share a couple of insights of what I think we could learn from Mary. Um, 
The first thing is that the posture of rest and enjoyment of Christ did not produce a lack of devotion. In fact, it increased it. I believe that this posture allowed her to really know Jesus in a more intimate way. He was not just a miracle worker. He was the lover of her soul. He was um, everything to her. The other thing I think that we can learn is that Mary was able to see the worth of Christ because she encountered him uh, in mind and in presence and in, in, in spirit. She really got to get to the heart of, of Christ. And I think that's why she was able to see his worth so much more. Um, the other thing I think we can learn from Mary is that when we value what matters to Jesus, he sees it as beautiful and, and honors us. And they had this beautiful exchange uh, that the Lord is very much willing to pour back his affections on us just as much as we pour out on him. And I just think that we see that this is a mutual relationship, mutual honor, mutual joy, uh, mutual love that is so powerful, so constant, and it brings us so much security and peace in our lives. And so... I hope that you learned a lot uh, today from the insights of this passage and just from Mary's posture. And I think next week we're going to just kind of dive into more of the practical aspects of what this looks like in daily life. Um, also, if this is your first time listening to our podcast and you were just checking it out, thank you for joining. And if you've never had a chance to really have Jesus be connected to your life, to come into your house, I'd like to pray over you before we end this podcast. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you have pursued us. You've pursued us with an everlasting love, God, and you give us the invitation uh, to come into our lives, to dine with us, to be with us, to fellowship with us, for us to really begin to know you. And I just pray for anybody who's never had a chance to encounter you that way, that today would be the day that they would accept you, Lord God, into their lives as their Savior, as their Lord, as the love of their lives, Lord God, and that they will continue to see your beauty unfold as they spend time with you, as they continue to rest in your, your peace and in who you are, God, and just see life differently, see so many things from a different perspective because you've entered into their lives, Lord God. Uh, thank you so much for every person who's listening that uh, you are keeping them safe, Lord God. And if there's any sick among us who are listening, God, we just pray and declare healing over them. Um, we know that COVID-19 is trying to really wreak havoc, God, but we trust you that you are in authority, um, that we can speak life, Lord God, we can speak healing and speak hope to those who are really stuff suffering during this time. So God, we just give you all the glory and honor and praise and thank you for who you are in Jesus name. Amen. Wow, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. We really hope that you've been blessed by these podcasts and we're going to keep them coming. Um, every Thursday, we'll continue to release content and we'll make it available on our podcast. So thank you again for being a part of our family and our community. Please reach out to us, direct message us on Facebook at The Table One Word or follow us on Instagram at uh, The Table CCLA and direct message us there if you have any prayer needs or anything that we can be praying with you about. Okay, y'all have a good day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. At the table, we are discovering Jesus together. If you were encouraged by today's message, do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss out on future episodes. 
Also, help us get the word out by sharing this podcast on your preferred social media platform. To keep up on what's happening in our community, you can follow us on Facebook at The Table or on Instagram at The Table CCLA.